Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Want to mention you at this time. Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin. Well known for their top shelf service department. If they don't, uh, uh, i tell you this right now. They won't forget about you after you purchase a vehicle. You can reach out to Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. Trust me, they'll make you a repeat customer. 780-352-6048. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford Truck Authority in the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Just before we go to David Staples from the Cult of Hockey into the Oilers Now Injury Report, it's presented all season long. James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. It's as simple. James H. Brown, they're the best. They get you the best results over 250 years of experience. Of course, Trent Brown, two-time All-Star in the Canadian Football League and a winner of the Grey Cup with the then-named Edmonton Eskimos. As we welcome back to the show from the uh, cult of hockey, David Staples. Hello, David. Hey, Bob. I know you suffered a loss in your family here over the last couple of weeks. Just wanted to extend my condolences. Thanks very much, Bob. Yeah, my father passed away. He was a lifelong Oilers fan uh, extraordinaire. We went to many, many games. He had season tickets in the uh, 80s, so uh, that was a great thing to do with him. What did, uh, Was there one specific game you recall that just kind of makes you... I can remember uh, my dad, who passed away in 2009. Uh, take, uh, it was right... Remember when all, all those international games were, were being played? Yeah. And he was getting shook down by a... Uh, and my dad was a teacher, and he didn't like necessarily spending money, and a scalper was trying to... T- uh, shake him down for a second ticket. And he looked at me and goes, well, I'm buying one, but I'm not buying two. And I, I was like 12 at the time. And he was like 78 or 77 or whatever. But uh, I, I remember chuckling. That he, he didn't want to cough up the extra 30 bucks or whatever it was for a seat in the blues. Did you ever have a moment like that? Uh, yeah, it's like, and it's not like a game itself. It's like going. We lived in Devon, so the long drives to and from the games. And yeah. he would quiz me, like, okay, who, what should the line combinations be? So, so he was preparing me for some future work there. It seems. Yeah. Now, as it turned out, you're a feature writer for the Edmonton Journal, and you got stuck on the the COVID beat for a while, which has turned out, I think, was no fun for anybody. Uh, but. Your passion has always been the hockey and the cult of hockey and the website. The uh, Edmonton Oilers have won six consecutive games, David. I know you've continued to pound away in the numbers. What are they revealing as to why the Oilers have pulled off six straight wins? Uh, Bob, their defense has been much more uh, stringent. They've been letting in, they've been allowing far fewer grade A shots and far fewer uh, like the, the very best kind of quality of uh grade a shots which which i call five alarm shots they're just they have just really since they've moved to giving um de harnay on the on the pk and some shifts at even strength and um evan um bouchard and philip broberg have teamed up um and this whole defensive rotation is working much better and then they've been getting obviously significantly better goaltending from uh, jack campbell than they got in the past those two things i think are the main differences all right well i want to talk a bit about the defense because and it's an entirely defensible position to say the Edmonton Oilers, look you're in the mcdavid window with dry 
you got to strike now. You can't, you know, because some old school guys would say, you know how you develop, you know how you get a top four defenseman, you draft and develop one, and, and they've got one coming in Philip Roberg. But he's coming. He's not there yet. He's being sheltered right now with the minutes. I do think, though, the team playing 11 and 7 changes the complexion because of something you said about DeHarnay in the penalty killing minutes as well and easing the workload on some other guys. So do you buy that or not? They were getting um, sliced and diced on the penalty kill um, fairly recently. And we'll see if uh, Vinny DeHarnay can come through. You know, we all see, though, the glimpses, just the initial glimpses of someone who can maybe really be the kind of guy that they need on the PK. I mean, I just think they've missed Adam Larson and Chris Russell so much there. And both those guys were kind of meat grinders in the slot. Like, they, Russell would shut you down with his shot blocking and, and Larson with his stick. And DeHarnay has this, he's as nasty as Adam Larson, and he's a lot bigger. So the question is, you know, what is his skate? Is his skating going to be good enough? Is his puck moving going to be good enough? And these are still unanswered questions. But he gives them this element, and he's shown glimpses so far of being able to fulfill that role that was a huge hole. Like Tyson Berry, God love him as a player. He is not a penalty killer. He can do so. He's, he's, he's become a decent, even strength defender. He can move the puck great. He is not a penalty killer, and, and, and he was really struggling out there. So having DeHarnay take his minutes has been huge. And then, you know, last year, Bob, the Oilers were significantly changed um, when Duncan Keith and Evan Bouchard uh, started to play together. Right. We might be seeing the same dynamic with Philip Broberg and Evan Bouchard playing together. I mean, they are killing it right now. And, um, you know, as you say, it's, in, it's, it's against uh, lesser competition. They're being spotted wisely. But, um, I, you know, Philip Broberg, he, he's been playing top-level hockey for years now. I know he's 21 years old. He's a young player, but he's very experienced at the international level in Swedish professional leagues and the AHL, and now he's getting NHL experience. And, and what I'm seeing, Bob, is uh, glimpses, and this is, again, glimpses of the kind of shutdown ability you know, the, the kind of players that can shut down Connor McDavid are these great skating defensemen. They're, they're, they're not necessarily big hitters. Jonas Brodeen from Minnesota. Jonas Brodeen, Mark Edward Vlasic a few years ago, uh, 2017 for, for San Jose. Uh, Josh Morrissey for Winnipeg. Kale McCarr and Taves in Colorado. Now, Broberg doesn't have the offense of some of those players. But I see, and again, he's got to do this consistently. But could he, you know, when I think of his ceiling and his skill set, I think of Mark Edward Vlasic. He's that kind of player with, with great size, really, really great skating and defensive fundamentals. And I've just been super impressed. Um, I'd like to see him get some more ice time. Well, and I think that's part of the equation. We're joined by the cult of hockey's David Staples. And you, you mentioned you, you, it's there has been sheltering from Dave Manson, who runs the defense. But the reality of the situation is against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I believe the uh, it was 19 to two were the shot attempts for and against when Broberg was on the ice. That's pretty good. Like if you're spending that much time in the uh, in the opposition end and not that much time in your D zone, that's a good thing. So Broberg intrigues me. I think, frankly, uh, David, he does have a considerably higher offensive ceiling than Vlasic. 
Uh, obviously, he's not Makar or, well, see on Morrissey. I mean, Morrissey, a couple of years ago, it was all about Pionk, and it wasn't about Morrissey, and now we're talking about Morrissey as a potential uh, Norris Trophy winner, and Morrissey did pick up big points in junior, but if you take a look at what Broberg did in not a lot of time last year in the minors, he showed that he could uh, create offensively, though most of it was on the power play. Uh, Bouchard's an interesting one for me as well. So from your perspective, David, if you're the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, what do you do on defense? You step up and, and get a piece. You get a short-term piece because you know you have Broberg coming. And maybe by the start of next year, you know, Broberg's pushing for top four minutes. What would you do? Well, Bob, I, first, you know, as an Oiler fan, I, I can remember, like, everyone's using the argument, well, this is in McDavid era. Well, we've been he hearing that since he was drafted. And people, people, including me, uh, were open to, like, trading Oscar Clefbaum for Brett Seabrook, Brett Seabrook. And I also remember people being really open to the idea of trading Leon Dreisettle and Darnell Nurse for P.K. Subban. And then I remember a huge push to trade for Oliver ekman Larson. And this is all because we're in the McDavid era and we've got to win now. It's it's fair to say none of those trades would have worked out for the Edmonton Oilers. They would have all been disasters. And I, I'm just skeptical about, you know, you can now and then hit it big on a trade like that. If you can bring in a truly great player like Chris Pronger's obviously worked out. Colorado found a way to get Devon Taves somehow out of New York. But you the have Islanders to be very careful. To, they had to dump his money. They only gave up two number twos. That's the same thing that the Oilers gave up to get Athena Seal. You know, but they capitalized, and Chris McFarland, part of that management staff, now their GM, they, they capitalized on the Islanders. I'm not sure what the Islanders were doing. You know, the Islanders to me are an interesting team, David, because they, you know, they, they had two pretty good years in a row. And then they went sideways last year where they played the entire start of the season on the road before their new building was ready. And then they had a COVID ravage their team, and they got an older team. So they they changed out the coach, Barry Trotz, and they bring in Lane, Lane Lambert. But they came back basically with the same entire team. And, uh, you know, like, like that wouldn't happen in Canada. You'd be forced to come back. Nobody, like... The, the media would be all over them, but I guess that's Lou. I mean, and I respect Lou. That's how much power he's got. Nobody kind of second guesses what he does. Well, that was a mistake. Like, the Taves thing was a huge mistake, right? Like, it's just, there's no other way to slice it. Like, they, they should have moved out some other defenseman, not him. So, um, you know, I'm just skeptical, Bob, that, that um, I, I'd love to be delighted and if they could pull off something, but I'm not sh sure that uh, and again, I can't speak to a player like the ability of a player like Chikrin in, in Phoenix. I haven't seen him enough. But, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just based on the excitement and, the, and this push to you got to make this trade, you got to, like, those trades, again, like the Seabrook, Subban, or OEL trades, they would have been disasters for the team. And yet many, many people were super keen about them. And I just would say just yeah. check yourself, watch yourself, watch what you wish for. All right, so and for the record, I had a lot of time for Seabrook, and, and he's represented so by Jerry Joy. I had a lot of time for him. I don't know if I ever recall talking about Cleft Bob. I know, I, I know that when the, the, the rumor on uh, Dry Settle and, and Nurse for Subban, that was George LaRock's coming on the show tomorrow, but if I recall correctly, he was part of that rumor, and I pretty much killed it right away. And said there's well, no didn't way. Friedman... Didn't Elliot Friedman confirm it later? And, I, and again, I could be wrong about that, and I'm not trying yeah, to put him on the but spot, I was but like, I, thought he, I thought he did uh, later confirm to, that. To that. me, there was no way I was making that deal. 
Uh, and what was the third one? Ekman Larson. I forget. Yeah, what. there was lots of talk for a long time about Ekman Larson. Well, and, and because of the history of Dave Tippett. Like, he played better for Dave Tippett than he did the last couple of years for Rick Tockett, which is going to be interesting to watch. So I, 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 get, I totally get your point. And some would say, and this is this is a thing, David, that never gets brought up in Edmonton. Everyone, everybody's upset about the Darnell Nurse price point. He got signed in the year of the defenseman. Ken Holland did not. He was not from a position of strength because first they'd lost Clefbaum. That's the big loss, right? The guy's career ended three years. He would be in the last year of his career, David, uh, last year of his contract this year had he been healthy at $4.25 million. It would have been a bargain deal. And so when Ken came here, he thought he had Clefbaum and Larson and Nurse, three top four defensemen. Yeah. Instead, within two years, he only had one top four defenseman. And some would argue, Dave, you tell me whether or not you agree or disagree, that the way to get top four defensemen is to draft and develop them. What do you think? Well, they got they got nursed that way. I mean, and, and he's their best defenseman. So, um, you know, and they have these two young players in Bouchard and, and Broberg who are clearly trending in that direction. I mean, I, I think if you looked at the top defensemen in the NHL, and I, and I have, so I haven't done this lately, you'd have to actually break it down and look, okay, like who are the 20 top defensemen in the NHL based on number of factors and say, okay, how many were developed by their own team? And, and I think many, many of them obviously were. So I think, yeah. Um, sometimes you can get lucky and, and the, uh, a team will grow tired of a player when he's like 24, 25 because he's had a rough patch for a while and then and you can grab him up and he becomes your number one defenseman. So that trade sometimes is there. I just don't want to see the Oilers move Broberg right now and have him become the number one defenseman for another team uh, because the Oilers became impatient. Because I, 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 this is a really fine hockey player and giving up on him now. I, I mean, I don't think it's being seriously considered by the Oilers. I'd be surprised if it was but it was talked about a few weeks ago so I found it a little bit shocking all right uh, and it's funny how people's attitudes toward things change eh? One yeah year, very and one, mine too my, mine as well so one year know, later Vander Kane suddenly Oilers fans are pretty big fans of him. <laughs> yes. well you know I don't people had moral uh, issues with Evander Kane and uh, you know people will feel how they feel about those things and I, I think they, they many people have just you know justified questions uh, in that regard and 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 concern so I don't I don't criticize them for that um, I just think if you'd looked at it closely you would have seen that he that Evander Kane had you know been given custody of their child over the person who his ex-wife who was making most of the allegations against him and this was in a, a California judge and to me that said a lot that you know this was the, this was a strong indicator that maybe we weren't getting the whole story here or the complete picture from the accounts right. that we were getting so that's why I mean I just thought it, let's give him the benefit of the doubt we don't do that today we judge right away <laughs> yeah. and on both sides of the political spectrum and, uh, and I do it too, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, David, how do people follow you? At the Cult of Hockey. Great stuff. Thanks for your time, David. Thanks. Bye. Bye, bye. bye. That's David Staples, Cult of Hockey. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated 50-plus years. There are 15 Edmonton and area locations at Royal Pizza, four in Calgary, and one in Red Deer. I had the Texan last night from Royal Pizza. You can go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Royal Pizza still making it great. Everything's real at Royal. None of that synthetic crap. It's good. Let me tell you, Royal Pizza. When we come back this day in Oilers history, you're listening to Oilers Now. It's 149 at Edmonton. 
subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 150 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Let's go to this day in Oilers history. It is presented by New West Travel. You can travel to California this April to see the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. Uh, we'll have a couple meet and greets along the way. You can reach out to New West Travel. It's four nights at the uh, LA Marriott Live. Visit newwesttravel.com for more information. Going back on the state five years ago today, back in 2018, in a rare show of emotion, Connor McDavid ended up getting an abuse of officials' misconduct after the game. Edmonton won in a shootout 4-3 against the Calgary Flames. Steve Kazari and Kendrick Nicholson were the referees. They overturned an overtime goal that the Oilers had scored on a net drive by McDavid. The game went to a shootout, and after uh, McDavid scored the eventual winner, he pointed to the scoreboard, to the video, and... Uh, well, the officials, and they were involved in that game because uh, the goaltender uh, that night, to, I believe it was David Riddick, if I'm not mistaken, he got a 10-minute misconduct as well. So um, the officials might have been a little bit agitated. It just It's rare that we've seen that um, show of emotion from Connor McDavid. So tonight we've got uh, the face-off show. It's a 7.52 puck drop. Reed Wilkins has the face-off show beginning at 6.05. That's when I'll be joining him. Uh, Rob Brown will be on the show. Cam Moon, Jack Michaels, and Louis DeBrusque and Gene are on the TV side. I'll join uh, Gene and Jason Strudwick during the first and second intermissions on the TV side. Cam Moon and myself with uh, Robin Reed will have the game for you. And Brendan Escott on the Oilers Radio Network. Tomorrow, here's what we got shaken. A recap of uh, tonight's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets again. It'll be Stuart Skinner in goal against Jonas Corposalo. NHL Hockey and Rogers analyst Louis DeRuss for GCL Diesel tomorrow at 12.35. And George LaRock, Edmonton sporting icon, at 1.35. Uh, we're probably going to open up the River Cree Resort Casino hotline as well on tomorrow's show. And a reminder, the River Cree Resort Casino, open 24-7, 365, excitement bet on it. At this time, we'll head off to a global news weather traffic update at uh, 2 o'clock with Randy Kilburn, followed by Angela Coquat from 2 to 3, and then the 6.30 Chad Afternoons of Jalen 9. I will rejoin you at 6.05 live from Studio 99. Back at you. So long, everybody.